Welcome to the Gamers Change Lives podcast. Play games, create jobs, change lives. This is a show about how to build an esports business from literally anywhere in the world, where each week we showcase the journey of one inspiring esports entrepreneur and learn how they solved a particular problem that everyone will ultimately face. And now, to your host, Tom Leonard. I'm Tom Leonard. I'm the host of the Gamers Change Lives podcast. Now, when it comes to esports, I am definitely not the expert, but I expert, but I am an explorer. The goal behind the podcast is to hear from esports entrepreneurs around the world and to hear their stories of how esports can create jobs and to hopefully to inspire others to do the same. Our tagline is play games, create jobs, change lives. And today I'm honored to have Sagar Nair, co-founder and CEO of Qlan from Mumbai, India. He's also the co-founder of the Times of Esports, an esports news website. His background includes media and live entertainment. I always like to see people with live entertainment showing up in uh, in esports because bottom line, esports is entertainment. So welcome, Sagar. Uh, how did you actually get started in esports? Uh, I always like to hear people's very first stories. Oh, this one's a little fascinating, Tom. Firstly, thanks for having me. Uh, great question. So this is back in uh, 2018 uh, when Tencent was in India with their mobile title PUBG. This is when PUBG Mobile existed in India shortly after it was banned. Uh, but I mean, a different story altogether. But uh, Tencent was in the country and they were very, very active. One of those uh, first publishers that saw the Indian market and really started working closely with the Indian ecosystem. Um, so when they were here, a friend, uh, one of the co-founders actually at Clan, uh, he also ran an event management agency. So Tencent was a client to him and I did most of their conceptual work when it came to fan meets and greets, merchandising, community meets and greets, the smaller tournaments that would invite a lot of fans and would involve one of the uh, bigger PUBG players to interact with them. Uh, so we were doing one of their events at IIT Bombay. It's a big college uh, based out of Mumbai. And um, I mean, it's definitely older students that you expect to see in that campus when you walk in. Uh, it's one of the biggest uh, college festivals in the country as well. But when we were there, this is me just knowing Tencent uh, is a publisher for a game called PUBG, which is fairly large in the country. That was all the knowledge that I had at that point. Um, but when we got there to interact with the clients, we saw a lot of younger kids. Uh, and when I say younger, these were teenagers, 13, 15, 17. Uh, and a lot of these flocking towards the Tencent exposure. And I, me and my partner were just looking and we were wondering why are there these many younger kids at a college festival. So we coincidentally got hold of one of our volunteers who was working for us there. And we just asked him, why are there so many kids over here? Uh, because we realized eventually they were there to see another kid who was a fairly young kid himself, I think 17, 18 years old. Uh, and trust me, Tom, this, this volunteer that we asked this question to, death stared us for the next 15 seconds, looked at us top to bottom and judged us in those uh, few seconds and told us that that guy over there is mortal. So mortal also happens to be today one of the biggest uh, streamers in the country. Uh, one of the most successful esports athletes also in the past. In fact, he won uh, the third the best streamer award at the Global Esports Awards as well uh, last year. And that just struck us like lightning. I mean, we, we realized something big is happening. There's a massive, massive following. Um, these are young kids picking up gaming at, the, at a very, very raw age. Uh, and that just drew our attention. And since 2018, the following year, we did a lot of research in terms of uh, how the West uh, has sort of uh, ballooned and cocooned into a lot of successful uh, esports organizations like Face Clan, 100 Thieves, uh, Cloud9. I mean, there are tons of examples out there. But the fact that these guys uh, became brands at the end of the day, they, were, they aren't just looked at as a competitive esports organization. They're a they're a brand in its own. They work with premium products, premium other premium brands, and uh, we realized that uh, with PUBG, we've just set the first stepping stone when it comes to the Indian market, and also mobile esports for that matter. And that is what eventually triggered us to start looking at the space actively and uh, 
do our research to understand what's missing in India and what can be done by us uh, to fill those gaps. No, that's that, that's a great story. That's a great story because usually I hear like, oh, I started on the PS2 playing, you know, beating my brother and it led to <laughs> things. And so that, that's an interesting business uh, approach to it. A couple of things there. Would you, so your, your PUBG, this is back a couple of years ago. You're working yeah, with PUBG. Mm-hmm. Was it mobile? Yes, PUBG mobile. So have you always worked in mobile versus non-mobile or... Well, I guess my question is, how do you see mobile from the past and where where is mobile going in India when it comes to esports? do you see? Got it. Uh, okay, so to understand that question, we need a, a, a background. Uh, we need to understand the Indian market and not just the Indian market, but also the subcontinental region. Uh, that includes countries like Pakistan, Sri Lanka, Bhutan, Bangladesh, Nepal, um, and also more recently, the MENA region as well, right? We're seeing things are growing faster over there, things are growing. But Tom, the, the most fascinating part about the East as compared to the West is that we still are a mobile first esports market. And I think we're going to remain a mobile first for the longest time. Now, there are reasons for it. There are multiple reasons. But uh, the biggest one is uh, affordability and access. As simple as that, right? Uh, I mean, in a developing nation like India, where uh, the per capita income is not that high, owning a console or even a basic gaming PC becomes a luxury for the larger population. Whereas mobile is such a dynamic device. Um, I mean, with the mobile makers also focusing a lot on gaming. Now, there used to be a time when we check uh, mobile review videos on YouTube, uh, where cameras were covered extensively just to highlight how powerful the camera is within a particular device. Now, since the last three years or or maybe more, maybe four, uh, none of the mobile reviews that are done in India that do not cover gaming as one of the dedicated sections. So the beauty about this market and the mobile device is that even if you buy a 10,000 rupee device, uh, or you buy a 50,000 or a 1 lakh rupee device, all of you all can coexist in the same ecosystem. There's no barrier in terms of uh, owning a piece of hardware that allows you to uh, start gaming. It's just about having a mobile phone. And the second aspect to it is mobile data. India is one of the cheapest across the world when it comes to mobile data. Oh, really? And yes, yes. Mobile data is damn cheap over here. So again, uh, it's it's as good as me probably doing a, a 150 rupee uh, recharge on my mobile and I have data uh, which will be like 1.5 to 2 GB. That's how much it costs. That's one day or two days worth of gaming. So it's just easier. It's more affordable. And um, yeah, that's how the Indian market is. It's, it is mobile first and I see it being mobile first uh, for the uh, longer run uh, and it's great news right uh, I mean we're seeing publishers like Riot rolling out a Valorant on mobile they just announced Rainbow Siege on mobile uh, I think we'll have Apex Legends as soon as by the end of this month on mobile so I think that's the future more so here is where they probably explored it or realized the real might behind mobile gaming just the sheer volume of gamers it can gather together and I, I'm, I'm very sure publishers are seeing a certain level of benefit involved in rolling out titles on mobile as well. When you're, when you're talking about the um, the streamers, you were talking about uh, Mortal, I think was the guy that you mentioned there earlier. And the bigger uh, tournaments that you're mm-hmm. seeing in India, are they mobile esports tournaments? Okay, they're mobile dominant. Now we're seeing Valorant pick up really well. Valorant is becoming a massive, massive title when it comes to so that it takes care of PC. Um, console is still far away. I mean, uh, so most, if I have to break it down percentage-wise, it'll be a good 95% mobile esports tournaments and the rest 5% would be uh, PC. I mean, console is as good as uh, not non-existent right now. In the console arena, which, which, which you're describing is fairly small is xbox and uh, playstation kind of yeah. neck and neck or just is one more popular than the other there um i think uh, it's playstation that's more dominant and uh, when it comes to what games i think if there are any console tournaments happening out there 
they are predominantly fifa or pes either of the two yes yes it's everything is fifa it's like Correct. that's that's the one that's the one universal game that that we we we're we're um we're always hearing about now one of the things you mentioned before and if you don't want to talk about it that's fine too but you mentioned that that pubg is 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 no longer um allowed by the indian government i'm just kind of curious about and and, and again i'm not trying to get specific details but but when when the government bans government anywhere bans a particular title what how does that impact the esports side of things and how do the how do the tournament people kind of roll with that got it so when pubg was banned i think it was banned for a good 9 months uh but the publishers did everything in their power to enter the market i'll give you a fun data point over here which was alarming for us as well uh so before i think the ban happened in october 2019 um so september 2019 global daily active users on pubg mobile uh, were around 65 million uh, this is world over yeah uh, october india faced the ban so that month was wiped out and when they came out with the statistic of uh, daily active users for the next period it dropped down to 30 million wow so can you imagine 35 million indian gamers I mean, some numbers might be uh, from other regions as well, but imagine. I mean, even if we drop five million out of it, it's a good thirty million Indian gamers playing PUBG every single day. Now, uh, to correct you, PUBG was gone eight months later. They relaunched the same game. It's called Battlegrounds Mobile India now. Uh, so they did a bunch of things. Crafton actually uh, came down, set up shop in India. Uh, they hired Indian talent. they in fact even went ahead and um, committed a 100 million dollars uh, investment uh, in the indian startup ecosystem and they actually backed it up i think they finished their first kitty and i think they're going to be investing more no it's interesting it's interesting to to hear the 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 ramifications of that cuz we we only usually seem to hear the 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 big news it went, when it went down from the 65 to the 30 million where do you think the 30 million people went did they go to another game or did they yeah. just drop out of of esports do you think no so Are- i mean the the first couple of months everyone was waiting because it was not just that it was i mean a couple of things put together right i mean it was the first title of its nature which allowed battle royale gaming on a mobile phone so the game had a very very uh, strong appeal of its own uh, but the indian consumers are fiercely loyal about pubg/bgmi till date uh they they're very loyal but uh, so when the ban happened the first couple of months there were news floating every single day about it being expected back what's happening uh how are we going to see it unfold do we expect it back in a short span of time or will it be longer but then of course uh, the gamers want to continue gaming right in that period uh, a lot of that consumer base moved to this other title called free fire free fire uh, that's owned by garena and uh, in fact i think even after the relaunch uh, it purely in basis of uh, number of uh, gamers i think fire is still uh, that bit dominant and i think that gap in the middle did hurt pubg a lot uh, that bgmi now uh, but i think they're right up there those are the biggest uh, gaming esports gaming titles in the country right now now free, free fire that that is an indian game correct the uh, the publisher no, is indian It's a sing. It's Garena as the publisher. They're based out of Singapore. Singapore. Okay. Okay. No, I'm I'm really bad at that game, but I spend my time. <laughs> no problem. Uh, uh, there's I know, I know uh, about that. So let's let's talk a little bit about um, some other activities that that you're up to there. Now, one is uh, let's see, I was looking um, for community building, and that so you launched Qlon, is that right? Clan. Clan. See. <laughs> that's why we're here no to, uh, to to uh, to uh, re- rectify. Can you explain a little bit about what what Clan is and how uh, how it came about? Absolutely. Um, okay, so I'll start with what Clan is. Um, it's a social networking platform for gamers. Uh, I mean, we look at it as a social solution network, uh, more than just a social network. Um, basically what clan is and was built with the sole purpose of empowering the grassroots of the indian gaming ecosystem 
uh, how the community or the industry is stacked in India right now is uh, that the there are leaders, there's the top tier who've made it. Uh, but this is the first breed of gamers and content creators uh, that India has witnessed. And uh, I won't be entirely incorrect uh, to say this, but uh, esports sort of happened to these guys rather than them realizing what's happening or making it happen. I mean, they just picked up games, started playing it, started streaming it. There was a, a massive user base for it. The viewership was off the charts. They did a, I think they did a first ever tournament in Bangalore. Uh, that was again a PUBG tournament. And uh, just the number of uh, kids that gathered to watch that tournament. And there were instant superstars created overnight. And I mean... I've witnessed that growth since 2019. People sitting on a 100,000 to 200,000 subscriber base on YouTube are anywhere between uh, 5 million and 7 million today. Uh, there are even gamers in India who have more than 25 million subscribers. Uh, so that's the rate at which it grew. And this was all within like three or four years of time. Um, so that's how the industry is structured right now, uh, where it's it's a little top heavy because the users also want to have access to the best streamers. They want to see the best esports athletes in action. But what was amiss, and that is what we as a team of founders at Clan realized, is that the largest chunk still lies at the bottom of the pyramid. That is more than 90% aspirants who want to become the next content creator, who want to become the next uh, competitive esports athlete. Uh, and we realize that nothing's been done for them. There's no platform that sort of uh, just nudges them in the right direction or uh, puts them up on a on on a platform which allows them to get access to opportunity. Now, it coming along or happening or not happening is a, a very subjective matter. But uh, the lack of discoverability, the lack of being able to seek opportunities uh, was so, so dominant that we realized something has to be done because... Uh, the industry is growing. It's not just about uh, streaming now. The tournaments are going up. We've seen a lot of global uh, organizations also show interest in the Indian market. Some of them have even successfully entered the Indian market. They have their own mobile lineups uh, in the country. But what about uh, the people who want to get there, right? And that's where Clan steps in. It's it's a pure play community building uh, platform but with a lot of value proposition in terms of problem solving. Now, I'll just give you one example where uh, how Indian gamers today reach out to each other. Now, if I uh, am playing a specific game and aspire to play competitively, I'd either be on a Facebook or a Discord where I literally put out a laundry list of things where I need a gamer has to be uh, using XYZ device, depending on what devices they are using. Now, this gets very interesting. They also specify if they want a gamer who plays on mobile data or on Wi-Fi because that also creates a lot of discrepancies when you're playing together, right? They even go down to the extent of listing down in-game statistics that I want the kill-death ratio to be this. I want the accuracy to be this. I want uh, MVPs, whatever, whatever the game, pick up a game, they uh, go ahead and write the statistics of that game also. What happens here on is very, very friction laden and um, I mean, it's it, it, it has issues like a lot of uh, lying, a lot of deception, but then you can't blame them, right? So, okay, I put out that post uh, on a Discord server. Now, say Tom happens to be on that server. Firstly, Tom will figure out and get to that post, right? Then Tom will write to me and Discord is hyperactive. It's, it's very easy to miss a communication over there. Uh, or on a Facebook, uh, Tom will have to be on the same group where I put out this request. And then Tom sees that request. You reach out to me. We get a conversation going, take it offline, exchange uh, in-game IDs, eventually end up playing a game together. And I realized that Tom was just beating around the bush. With Tom is a 13-year-old kid sitting at home uh, with all the time in life, just saying that, okay, I can do whatever you ask for. And this a gamer goes through this once, twice, thrice four times and then they just give up they lose hope because it does not work and this has come from the gamers the initial test audience that we had to sort of verify uh, the problems that we've identified but on a platform like clan it's simple right you hop on you create your basic profile you pick the games that you play across mobile pc and console we also allow you to sync your in-game statistics highlight your language proficiency 
even go to the extent of detailing out your in-game roles. Say you're a sniper, you can say you're a sniper, or you're an assaulter, or you're an entry fragger. So every question that is potentially being asked by Indian gamers seeking other gamers right now, today, is something that a clan profile takes care of end-to-end. So on the platform, you just need to hop on to anyone else's profile, check out everything about them, and then make an informed decision if you want to converse with them or not. And, so they're, so they're, they're, um, if you're on clan, it, where are you streaming your gaming? Are you streaming your gaming on clan or are, are you streaming somewhere else and then reporting it back to clan? Uh, it's more like you build your initial community on clan. Uh, for instance, even the largest streamers today rely on an Instagram. Uh, Facebook, I mean, the gaming audience in India, which predominantly lies from, say, 13 to a 22 or 25, uh, these guys are not active on Facebook anymore. Uh, it's either Instagram or YouTube. Uh, Facebook is not the platform that they are uh, too active on nowadays. So they would rely on an Instagram. Now, Instagram has everything under the sun, right? You talk entertainment, you talk sports, you talk esports, you talk lifestyle, you talk travel. These guys find it really hard to navigate through that. Of course, there are existing algorithmic barriers that an Instagram puts on a specific account where organic reach is limited. They expect you to put in some sort of monies after that. All of these are real issues. So for me, as a starting out gamer who wants to uh, probably become a streamer someday, I have to start somewhere. Instagram, these guys struggle over there. I have to break through the clutter first, find my audience, understand what they want, and then keep them engaged on a regular basis. But when you bring the same proposition on a clan, every user there on the platform is actively seeking gaming content. So we eliminate all the process where you need to break the clutter, find your audience and then engage them. And boom, uh, you directly get to engaging because whatever piece of content you put out, the audience on clan is absolutely there to consume that very piece of content. What's, one of the things I think is always interesting in talking to people from around the world is what, what platforms are popular where they are. Because mm-hmm. it's a, you know the, the, the statistics are, are different. For so many different places, for so many different reasons, and like you know, you're bringing up Instagram and how big Instagram is, and that's really interesting because you know that, that wouldn't necessarily be on the top of mind for people maybe in, in in another part of the world. And it's like you know, are people on Twitch? Are they on Facebook gaming? Are they on YouTube gaming? It's like it's it all varies for a, a lot of different reasons. One of the things we always right. like to talk about here is jobs mm-hmm. and how 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 uh, community building, like you're descri- describing with Clan. What kind of jobs can be created in esports? Because we, when we talk about esports jobs, we usually talk about players, or we talk about t- team building or tournament building. But you're, you come at it from a little different angle with building community within the the industry. And it'd be interesting to just hear what your thoughts are on what kinds of jobs are created through community building. Absolutely. Okay, um, so even in the Indian market or the industry right now, the most of the focus is on uh, the professional esports athlete or the streamers slash content creators. But what we're seeing happen now is as these local gaming organizations grow, uh, they're becoming companies, right? It's not just about a handful of boys or girls getting together, playing in a few competitive tournaments, no. I mean, we've uh, successfully navigated through that. Now we're at a time where there is a lot of demand in order to make an organization like that function. Uh, We're seeing professions like analysts, coaches, team managers, designers that are dedicated to specific teams. Uh, There are casters, right? India is such a dynamic country. You will meet casters who speak in English, who speak in Hindi get into other regional dialects uh, that are, I mean, the southern states or the northern part of India or the eastern side where they speak Bengali and Odia. All of these casters are also growing. And India is still pretty dominant in terms of of viewership. Uh, It's still the tier two and tier three cities and towns that churn out the largest numbers, not the metro cities. So the demand for that regional talent or that regional integration, be it a caster or be just overall packaging of a piece of video or you announce a tournament, all of these go through a lot of demands depending on where in the country are you trying to do it. And 
there is no platform out there which sort of gives recognition to the other side of gaming and esports i like to call it the spine because uh, most of the athletes and creators would be directionless without a proper team backing them up i mean talk about football right 11 players are on that pitch playing together but there are at least 30 people working on every single thing that they do on the field behind the scenes uh, and that is the side which is largely being ignored in the indian ecosystem we've seen the need for it we know for a fact there are organizations out there who are actively looking now i mean what happens differently i can find probably 10 uh, digital marketing specialists in the country but only one of them might understand gaming because it's it's so nascent in a country like india the the knowledge about esports uh, is also picking up now uh, i mean most of the advantage that we as a platform or us as businessmen also have is the fact that the understanding about esports is still pretty raw and nascent in the country so not a lot of people are familiar with the business of it or how these kids operate or why gaming is such a big thing why is esports called sports it's a video game at the end of the day these are the sort of questions we still get asked uh, and then uh, and we're proving things right as we move on so yeah so, that's the job support roles is something that we want to focus on no this this is really really good um so how can that change when you're saying that people don't really understand i always go back to the entertainment business cuz that's kind of my background here the movie business being right here in the middle of la cuz it's like everyone thinks of the movie business you think of the actors and it's like that's that's just one little tiny there's all the such as like you described the the spine the, the the rest of the industry that that is is necessary to uh, to support that and 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 you're describing a, a similar situation there where do you see that changing as far as being able to let people know that there are careers outside of being a a player do you do you see it changing and if so how it is happening i mean it'll take time though tom i'll be very very honest it changing that narrative will definitely take time uh yeah where um educate traditional education is still top priority it's there's a lot of insistence placed placed on it by parents as well um gaming is still sort of uh, but it's changing now as news travels the bigger players we create the larger content creators that we create uh this narrative is changing there is a sect in the country that have started recognizing what gaming is although they might not understand the nuances of it but they do realize that gaming is a big industry and uh, more recently the government came out uh, i mean they set up a task force it's called the avgc uh, task force it's audio visual gaming uh, sector and the government the indian government is putting a task force together to recognize and support uh, the businesses and uh, the startups that exist in this space they've recognized it as one of the largest forms of engagement rather or like a lifestyle for the gen z and the millennials they started understanding the fact that these guys uh, it's not a netflix or an amazon prime where they spend most of their time on their mobile phones it's either on a, a mobile game or another casual game i mean esports leads the way and casual games as well but uh, the narrative is changing tom uh, there are kids in the country who are making real money out of uh, being a competitive gamer or just being a uh, 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 content creator uh, these guys are buying their own cars uh, and when i speak cars these guys are fulfilling their dreams buying luxury cars they've even got ahead and bought their own mustangs uh, so i mean yeah and these are things that are talked about right these become the triggers into the real side of the conversation so it will definitely change time but with the sentiment changing the people thinking differently the government coming forward and supporting Uh, an industry in this manner is something that will definitely help uh, build a right narrative and take it towards uh, the right light that we saw. Yeah, I think that's I, that's amazing the government coming in and giving it uh, even just not so many times your stories about governments trying to suppress video game playing mm-hmm. around the world and and doing all kinds of things to make it harder and that's that sounds great if they're if they're you're promoting it if they're making it seem as a more legitimate industry so that so that when you tell your parents that you're going into esports they don't just you know um 
try to push you into in a different direction. So that is really yeah, good. Mean, we'll win if they just start looking at it as any other traditional sport out there. None of the parents would say no for a kid to go play cricket in India. I can bet my life's money worth on it. But uh, yeah, and I think I grew up, I'm a 90s kid. I grew up with cricket being uh, the primary form of engagement. But it's changed. It's it's gaming today. We know that for a fact. Every kid out there may or may not be playing cricket or football, but they're definitely gaming on their mobile phones. Yes, yes. I, I, years and years ago, I was a Peace Corps volunteer in Fiji in the South oh, Pacific. Okay. And with uh-huh. the, the large Indian population there, it was like, you know, cricket was like, it, we had no idea how, what an important thing cricket was until we, we, we were there. You also, um, you're also wor- uh, working with the Times of Esports. Is that right? Yes. Because that's another thing that I'd like to talk about. Don't want to be careful of time here, but I think that is really interesting that you're working on the, the content. Sure. A lot of times people think of content creation in esports, they're thinking of video game, uh, video, I mean, of people playing games. Play there's video. a completely yeah. different side of it when it comes to the content of the news about it and to be able to tell the narrative of what's going on. So it, it, could you describe a little bit about where the time times, it's the time, yeah, times of esports. Time show, uh, what, 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 what were you thinking when that was created and uh, where, where would you like to go with that? Because I think that's really fascinating. Sure. Uh, so in fact, I don't, I think uh, the chronology is something that I like to establish here. The Times of Esports uh, came along before Clan did. Uh, so it was August 2020, like I narrated the whole uh, PUBG story. That's when we took notice of it. Uh, of course, I had a full date. I mean, I had a job. I was uh, working on one of the biggest uh, media conglomerates in the country back then. Uh, and my partner was running his business full time. But Esports was always on the back burner where we would catch up on the weekends, exchange notes exchange uh, any data point or research that we found fascinating and uh, we wanted to get in uh, i'll be very honest we we uh, have been gamers all our lives uh, i've been actively playing cs 1.6 con- i mean counter strike 1.6 in conditions zero growing up at our local cyber cafe i didn't have a pc of my own but i mean 15 bucks a pop you get you get to play for 30 minutes and i would spend my time in a gaming cafe playing uh, so we knew it. We loved it. We loved the culture and we realized that it's finally arrived. Um, that is when we initially to just test out the waters in terms of becoming a part of the industry uh, came up with the Times of Esports because we saw a gap uh, in the content area. Uh, there weren't too many um, pure play news or coverage publishing media uh, platforms over here. Now there are. There are a bunch of big ones as well. Uh, but we saw the gap initially in that space and we just set up a team with like four young kids who understood gaming, were our writers, we have a couple of content managers. What we started doing differently was we were covering India exclusively. Every small, big, tiniest or the biggest story was being covered. We started talking to the organizations that were in India, uh, the tournament organizers who uh, managed a lot of tournaments um, day in, day out. Uh, a lot of talent management uh, agencies that were dealing with gaming content creators exclusively. And obviously, they reached out to us or we reached out to them for any or every sort of coverage, media articles. Uh, But what started happening, Tom, was Times of Esports and these conversations became eventually the catalyst in Clan coming about. Because when you start talking to the industry on a day-to-day basis, we recognized a lot of these questions were simply unanswered. And uh, I think it was four or five months worth of actively working on Times of Esports is when we realized that there is room for another product which will potentially take care of all these problems the community faces. And that's how Clan came about. Um, So the Times of Esports is still active. Uh, I mean, we uh, although we focus and channel all our energies on Clan, but it's the top of the week, end of the week sort of situation with Times of Esports where we gather our team, create a plan of action for the month, for the week that's immediate. Uh, and by the end of the week, uh, we take a status quo, uh, cover a lot of Indian initiatives, a lot of tournaments, a lot of uh, gamers and their interviews. So, I mean, it's pretty self-sustaining right now. We want to keep that on because uh, that becomes a strong medium for us to reach out to any and every kind of audience. Uh, like you said, uh, when you talk about gaming content, it's the video bit that works very well or that's uh, the larger belief, but it's consumed by the kids or the people who are gaming because 
others won't understand it. But the sort of content that we do on a Times of Esports uh, is appealing to even a 30-year-old, a 40-year-old, a 50-year-old who's just stumbling across uh, esports and what it does. So it helps us uh, a lot in terms of creating awareness and just growing a larger audience uh, to understand esports. No, I think that's I think that's really fascinating because I think there is a, a, a need out there to to explain esports at a different level um, sure. to to all kinds of people. Where do you normally find your stories? Um, I mean, most of them are inbound, where people want to put out a news if they sign a new athlete, uh, if they're coming with a new tournament, uh, if there is a great underdog player who's just recently won a tournament. Those are areas where we are act, uh, our writers actively reach out to those guys. We have a ton of tournaments happening here, uh, and whenever we find a newer team uh, that is not that um, sort of uh, established, uh, to reach out to them. Make sure if we can connect them offline to the right sort of people, if there are other organizations looking for newer talent. So it, it's largely both ways where uh, the players in the industry look at it as a marketing platform and we look at it as a, a news and a coverage platform for content that interests us as well. So two types of content. Are actually so if you had a story like of a, of a podcast interviewing you, that's the kind of story you would put up there on. Happily. Happily, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, that's uh, no. I just think that that that's really interesting because what I hear you describing is the kinds of jobs that are created for some for an organization like the the, the Times of Esports is, is really journalism. I mean, it's the same kinds of jobs you guys could be talking about cricket or tennis or movies or all kinds of different things, and it's the same kind of jobs. And I think it's really good for people to. Realize, yeah, I mean, you guys just sat down and you said, hey, we want to do a, a new site on esports. And you did it. It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the kind of inspiration that other people can be thinking along the same lines. Sure. And a couple of other questions here that came up. Sure. You mentioned the subcontinent. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious from, from, from our perspective, when you say subcontinent, do you think of the market, including Pakistan and, and when you say subcontinent, what exactly do you mean, and how is it? Uh, are there nuances in the esports world there? Uh, so, I mean, like India looks up to a West, probably a US or a UK or Europe for that matter, when it comes to esports and how massive it's become over there. The subcon, the Indian subcontinental countries look up to an India because we're probably say five steps ahead of them. Uh, countries like Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka. Bhutan, Nepal, uh, Afghanistan, these guys have active players. Uh, They are again mobile dominant and these guys look up to an India uh, when it comes to becoming that torch bearer uh, when it comes to esports. So these guys, again, uh, a lot of participation is witnessed from them. Uh, The largest tournament organizers in the country have even gone ahead and done competitive tournaments with, say, a Bangladesh versus a Pakistan versus an India. Uh, so that's the sort of uh, uh, tournaments and the country's involvement that we're seeing. Uh, I mean, based out of India, India still remains the focal point. Uh, and yeah, these guys are similar. Uh, again, very mobile dominant. Um, uh, a lot of uh, gamers come from smaller cities and towns who have very limited access, but a lot of heart and most often than not, a lot of talent. Uh, so that's definitely one of the up-and-coming markets, uh, these countries. And uh, I mean, they do have a bright future because even uh, a few of the publishers have started working with uh, them on a regular basis. What, what about language? One of the things, when we talk to people in Africa, mm-hmm. it's like one of the things you've, you you come to realize is there's French-speaking Africa and then there's, there's English-speaking Africa. And it can kind of uh, uh, be a, 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 an issue. To for especially for content going out there, um, is everything pretty much in English for um, you? Predominantly Hindi. Really? Yeah, predominantly Hindi. When uh, we talk about content, uh, when we talk about okay, so when you talk about tournaments, the larger tournaments happening, most of it is English. I mean, the content is packaged in English. Um, I'll tell you what: the gamers that are playing together. In-game, they are very 
very and would preferably want to play with gamers who understand their native language uh, because see uh, both of us are speaking right now if we pick up a game uh, i'll tell you there is a very good chance when we're playing together a few hindi words will slip out of my tongue because we're in that heat of the moment so when you're playing and when you're strategizing rather than relying on a language that is your second language or your third language you want to speak your native tongue so the guys who play together want that sort of an atmosphere where stands their native tongue uh, but they're still gaming in english right none of the games that are made have regional dialects like uh, a cod mobile on my mobile phone is in english uh, battleground mobile india is in english or free fire is in english so that understanding is still there they fairly understand english but they're not the most confident or the most articulate in that language there's no barrier in understanding the barrier is somewhat in the communication uh, even though they might speak english they want to game in game with the people who understand their native language but uh, hindi english and then the southern states are pretty dynamic as well with each state the language changes so the southern part of india uh, there's malayalam there's tamil these are languages that are spoken there there's kannada uh, there's telugu and a lot of regional content creators do content only in their native language who also have a massive massive fan following oh because because these these uh, languages that you're talking about i mean the number of people who are speaking them is tremendous i mean it's not just like oh there's a few million people over here no it's like huge uh, the, the audiences are are huge for it so the other thing i wanted to ask you about is um discord so how um because i'm always i'm always curious about what kind of technology people are using um around the world and you do people there use discord a lot yes although the usage of it is fairly limited tom uh, discord is a very very efficient one to many conversation platform um so largely uh, the indian gamers are on a discord to follow us but again follow them for specific purposes if they do scrims regularly all their schedules come out on a discord uh, timings come out on a discord matchmaking happens on a discord if there's a tournament all the rules and registrations are communicated on discord the scheduling again is done on a discord so very limited use cases uh, there is a fair amount of uh, gaming population in the country that uses discord but at the same time there's an equally large if not larger amount of uh, users who find it hard to navigate through a discord it's it's not a straight up platform right i'll be very honest over here it took me 10 days to figure out how the hell do i operate discord it took me a what the heck is a server exactly what is a channel how do i communicate with people and that's when i told no you it's mostly public but it's still in a closed group so how i simplified discord in conversation is i call it a whatsapp but on steroids like imagine whatsapp just going berserk as a communication platform i love discord though a, a lot of uh, i mean there's nothing like it uh, i don't think anyone can make it like that also it's just a wacky wacky platform which initiated grew on the behest of gamers and now they've just pivoted and gone out to become an all out uh, community platform but yeah people use discord in india but it's for uh, very very limited use cases What what I haven't heard you really mention is Twitch. Do people use mm-hmm. Twitch there at all? Not really. I mean, wh- why, why is that? Because um, one, YouTube is the largest. People are most comfortable with YouTube. Um, the second being Twitch does not have their own servers in the country, so that again becomes a, a, a slight barrier. I think I read news somewhere where they were uh, they had installed a bunch of servers in Hyderabad in India where they were testing it out uh, but Twitch no not really the audience is not on Twitch uh, YouTube dominates the market but I'd like to tell you about two very very well uh, placed platforms these are startups these are very well funded startups they're called Loco uh, and Rooter these are Indian stream game streaming platforms exclusively What what are those again? Loco, Loco, Loco and uh, Rooter, R W O T E R, Rooter. We'll put those in the show notes because that that's always interesting to uh, yes. to, to yes. see what uh, what is uh, 
what is going on uh, in, yeah. in other These places. These are Indian streaming platforms. Uh, so it's largely split amongst uh, uh, YouTube, uh, not even Facebook gaming. It's, it's again, very, very limited. Uh, it's mostly YouTube, Loco and Router, because uh, Loco and Router also, uh, in fact, execute a few of the largest tournaments that the country sees. Got it. Got it. Um, just, just quickly on servers. Because mm-hmm. one of the things that we were talking about when we were talking to people, especially in sub-Saharan Africa, mm-hmm. it's like the, the, it, it just makes it so tough to compete on a global uh, level if your server is in Europe and you are in Zambia. It's like your, your ping rate is going to be miserable. So, But you're saying for most games, are, are servers local in India? Yes, yes. For most mobile games, they are. Uh, in fact, a Valorant also has a Mumbai server. Dota, I think, has one. LOL has one. The older titles definitely do, uh, and the mobile titles uh, do as well. So it's not like so people that that's not a huge concern that people are are missing out. No, not not for the gaming. Again, but the ping is uh, a challenge. Like one of the uh, Indian Valorant teams last year that qualified for the Asia level. Uh, they were desperately trying to go to a Thailand and uh, play out the tournament because you still get a better ping over there. The, the tournament was hosted on a Singapore server, uh, so that did become a challenge. Uh, but otherwise, as a day-in, day-out sort of gaming experience, uh, not a problem at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the great stories that, that, that we heard here a while back was the uh, Anubis gaming. When they went to... Um, from Egypt went to Spain for the Red Cup, uh, the Red Bull um, campus clutch and, and went and won it. But one of the things that was interesting was that they, some people had the theory that they actually benefited from having a slow ping rate for their training. Because once they went to where the ping rate was good, it was just the like, performance was just boom. it was just, it was great. So, I mean, they, they're, they're, they were really good team. There's lots of reasons that they won, but it's like that, that probably did not, Hurt them. Hey, this has been great. I really appreciate your time. Re- appreciate your time. I think one of the stories that I'm hearing from you, particularly for when we're talking about creating jobs, you went out there and you you were like um, you you were like um, oh now let's see let's put gotta get rid of this waiting room. Reggie Reggie keeps keeps landing in the in the in the waiting room. Um, what I've what I've seen is for you you. You went out there and you created jobs. Mm-hmm. You said, "Hey, I want to do you know uh, a, a, a new site," and so you did. Yeah, and then that led you to then uh, clan because of what you're doing. This and then you went out and you created jobs, and that's exactly what we want to hear the stories that here's someone that went out there and created jobs, and it, it's not you. You didn't become the biggest influencer, the biggest streamer, the biggest player, or you didn't create the biggest tournaments, but you found other ways to create jobs in esports, and that's exactly what it is. That um, I, that's why I'm really glad we had a chance to talk to you. What's the like best that. place for people to uh, to uh, to find you? Um, I mean LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I'm, I'm most active on LinkedIn. Uh, okay. That'd be a great place for interaction. Um, and since I'm a startup founder now, I've limited my other social time. Uh, so Instagram would be a bad idea. I think LinkedIn is where I'm most active. Okay. No. No. We'll, we will. Um, we will put that there. Let's see. Uh-huh. So, no, again, really appreciate this. I invite everyone to sign up for the podcast to hear the next episode when it comes out here, wherever you listen to podcasts. And, you know, we're going to be talking to some great guests. Reginald, who's not here, has just been so good on finding some really good guests for us. I mean, we've got some people that are just going to just really, just really incredible. Cool. So we're, we're really lucky there. Sure. And if there's anyone else you want to reach out uh, to from the Indian side, please let me know. I <laughs> know most of them. That, I will that, be more than happy to put you in touch. That's very good. No, we really appreciate that because one of the things we're trying to get people from, uh, we're going to be talking to hopefully someone from the Philippines, high up mm-hmm. in one of the, the, the organizations there. And we're going to be talking to someone actually in, um, in, in Denmark, in Sweden, and um, who has teams in um, Brazil. And so, you know, we want to talk to people all over the world uh, Mm -hmm. to get some some similar themes going there. So, again, uh, this is awesome, Dom. 
and uh, on second note this is something that i would the fact that uh, you picked up uh, the whole job narrative and uh, having communications around that um let me get back to you in a couple of days let's let's cover it on times of esports as well uh, i think people in india should definitely know about it let me get in touch with the team set the call up uh, someone will be reaching out to you i think we should definitely be up a story based on this No that's that that's that's that sounds really good and then certainly I'll be in touch with you when we would uh we launch the episode we launch episodes pretty much every Saturday mm-hmm. here so um it'll be a couple of weeks before we launch this but we you know we're always like talking about it before because because what we really want to talk about are jobs how esports can create jobs and you're a poster child for how that can work so that's 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 exactly the story that we want to be talking about so Absolutely Love So again Thanks for coming. This is the Gamers Change Lives podcast. Play games, create jobs, change lives. We'll talk to you later. Thanks.